This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister of Japan, has been assassinated. And more news is coming to light about the 4th of July shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. Also, Caitlin Armstrong is being held in an Austin jail. Boy, I tell you. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Also, Katie Contreras stops by the studio to tell us about you know, she's going to tell people about the group called Stop the Bleed. We got to talk about that. What do you do if you're involved in a shooting? You're in an incident. Something happens. There's a casualty incident and you need to administer first aid. Because do you know that when police arrive at the scene, their job is to stop or take out the shooter. Their job is not to start administering first aid. You're going to have to do that. So they're going to step over dead bodies, step over your body to get to the shooter. You're going to have to start administering first aid to save yourself or save other people. So you need to know those first aid steps and what to do to do that. Do you know that over 2.1 million people have learned to stop the bleed? You can too. The American College of Surgeons Stop the Bleed program has prepared over 2.1 million people worldwide on how to stop bleeding in a severely injured person. And you need to learn that too. We're going to have a Stop the Bleed seminar, a class at Central Texas Gunworks next Sunday, 
so you can learn how to stop the bleed. It's all free. All you have to do is show up. Central Texas Gunworks at 1130 a.m. next Sunday and learn how to stop the bleed. You got to learn. If something happens, you know, July 17th, come on over to Central Texas Gunworks on July 17th at 1130 a.m. so that Katie can teach us how to stop the bleed. And we'll learn a little, about, a little bit more about that later in the hour. But before we talk about the prime minister in Japan, that assassination, before we talk about the 4th of July shooter, you know, that crazy person and his crazy family, uh, before we talk about Caitlin Armstrong and that monster, <laughs> before we talk about any of those things, I want to talk about the monster in Uvalde, the Rob Elementary School shooting. Do you know that a single Rob Elementary School security camera that was mounted at the end of the hallway captured everything? That's right. It showed how the law enforcement officers that arrived in the scene were nothing but a bunch of cowards for not going into the elementary school to save those little babies. That's right. It captured that horror, the devastating, just that devastating response of the lack, or I should say, lack of response from law enforcement. It's a 77-minute recording. Let me say that again. 77 minutes. That is 77 minutes of lack of action from law enforcement who were standing in the hallway while babies were being mowed down by a psychopath. So this recording um, from the camera officer, it offers a just a view, a clear view of exactly what happened in that hallway. Among the clearest accounts of what happened before and after, 19 fourth graders and two teachers were just gunned down in their classroom. It also is at the center of political struggle over what the public information from that day should be released and by whom. You know why? Because, <laughs> listen, I always say on this show, you know, how you know things are always covered up you know, and and we don't do anything. And you're starting to realize how bad things are actually covered up by just little this little incident right here. It viewed it, it viewed by the you know a, a several media outlets have taken a look at this video, and the video shows that the 18 year old gunman dressed in all black with a backpack casually just walks into a rear entrance that was not locked because you know complacency kills people. You know, you have to if you're that teacher, your responsibility is to guard that door to make sure that door is locked. You're the backup person to make sure that door is locked. You are the first line of defense for that elementary school. And you then do your job. You are directly responsible for allowing those elementary school kids from being shot. You are responsible for that. I want to make sure that's crystal clear. So this guy casually walks into the elementary school with an AR-15 he purchased a week earlier after his birthday. At 11.33 a.m., he pauses briefly at a closed classroom door decorated with the words, Welcome Class, before turning right into the main hall. He continues to walk uninterrupted down the empty hallway past a bulletin board and, and hand sanitizer station mounted on the wall until he reaches room 111. The camera shows him turning to his left and unleashing a barrage of gunfire as he advances toward the room 
a boy who apparently was in the bathroom is seen peeking around the corner before police later rescue him. Three minutes after the initial massacre, a group of officers from the Uvalde Police Department and the Uvalde School District moved from two ends of the hall to converge on room 111 and 112, where the gunman was barricaded in. The video shows them being pushed back by his return fire. For the next hour, the video reveals what experts have called one of the worst police failures in American history. We learned back when Columbine happened that you're not supposed to wait for reinforcements. You're not for, supposed to wait for spot uh, for SWAT to come in. We're not going to wait for SWAT. You're going to go in two teams, three-man teams, four-man teams. Go in and stop that shooter and eliminate them and get those kids out of there. The footage shows officers massed in the hallway, increasingly armed with protective shields, high-powered weapons, but not entering the classroom to take down the gunman until 12.52 p.m. So then let me go back. So the gunman entered at 11.33 a.m. They, they did not enter until 12.22 p.m. I want to make sure that's crystal clear. Think about that. Let all that stuff sink into you. 12.22 p.m. Mm, just think about that. Tw I'm sorry, 12.52 p.m. 12.52 p.m. A debate over whether the footage should be released for the public viewing is spilled into the open in recent days with U.S. Rep. Dustin Burroughs, a Republican from Lubbock and chairman of the House Committee investigating the shooting response because he thinks this video should be released. And it should be. Everyone should know that in that hallway, there are nothing but a bunch of cowards that allowed elementary school kids to be mowed down, shot, and killed, and they did nothing to save them. Nothing, not one drip. There's no way I can I can rest. I can allow myself to allow elementary school kids killed, and I'm just staying in the hallway. And I have the protective gear. I have a bulletproof vest. I have a a shield. I have an AR-15 with you know with several you know just at least a hundred rounds of ammunition. I have a handgun. I have all the protective gear. And those little babies, elementary school kids, are just sitting there unprotected. And just allow for this killer to just mow them down. And I did nothing to help them. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Peace, this is Maj Pure. You're listening to Come and Talkin' Radio with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about Shinzo Abe. The former prime minister of Japan has been assassinated. Uh, more news is coming to light about that 4th of July shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. Oh, my goodness. Really? Outside of Chicago? Chicago, a shooting. There's nothing There's nothing new about that. And also, Caitlin Armstrong is being held in an Austin jail. You remember Caitlin? You know, she was the, the girlfriend of a cyclist, and she killed the side piece. Mm-hmm. Look, guys, you need to be a little, you know, a little, do a little better if you're going to have a little girl on the side. You know, because let me tell you, there's some crazy cyclists and because cyclists, you know, they're they're violent people. Let me, I'm telling you right now, cyclists are very violent. I don't know why we give them their own little bike lane. They don't deserve to have their own little bike lane. They need to pay a little more taxes for that. I need room for my big SUV. Get those cyclists on the on the sidewalk. I don't know why we give them their own little lane anyway. They don't need their own lane because they're a bunch of crazies. And you know what? And she's a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. Got to watch out for them. Those yoga instructors, they're crazy, too. <laughs> that's right and don't call me i don't want any phone calls i don't want any emails because i'm not changing my mind that's right because the proof is in the pudding caitlin here she murdered her boyfriend's side piece because she was jealous Mm-mm-mm. so sad also katie contreras is she's in here she's here to stop you know to talk about stop the bleeding. We're going to talk about that. You know, what do you do if you're involved in a shooting? There's an incident. Something happens. Mass shooting. Whatever. You're in a, you're at a high school. You're at an elementary school. Something happens. You're a teacher. You are an administrator. You're in a grocery store. You're shopping one particular day, and someone comes in, a madman, um, comes in and shoots up the place, and you have to stop the bleeding in order to save someone's life before law enforcement is able to allow paramedics in. That's what we're going to talk about. But before we talk about that, let's go back to Uvalde. Man, you know that uh, you know that district attorney in, uh, in Uvalde County, you know, Christina Mitchell Busby? She opposes allowing the video in the hallway to be released. I don't know why. Come on, Christine. Release the video. But guess what, people? It's all a smokescreen. I'm telling you now. Here's why. It's a smokescreen smoke because the Texas Department of Public Safety... They have the authority because they are the lead investigators and they can release the video. <laughs> it's all a smokescreen. The Texas Department of Public Safety can release that video and allow us to look at that video to see what was going on in the hallway. They don't have to listen to the, that county district attorney. They don't have to wait for her to give, a, to give permission. They can release that, but they have not. And that's who you should be pointing your finger to. The Texas Department of Public Safety called the governor's office, called Governor Greg Abbott and say, hey, Governor Abbott, you know, you're the chief law enforcement officer. You are the one that can tell DPS to release that information. 
Release it to the public. We want to see what those cowards were doing in the hallway of the elementary school by not, by not stopping that madman and saving those babies. Shame. Just a shame. You know, but now I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk about stopping the bleed uh, because I think it's really important that we learn how to we, we learn first aid. We learn self-defense. Um, that is why I teach license to carry handgun courses. That's why I spend my Sundays and my weekends, my Saturdays, my Sundays teaching people how to defend themselves. So that's why, you know, I want to teach people about the gun laws, you know what the law is. So you stay within the confines of the law. And then I want you to be proficient with your firearm. I want you to know how to draw that gun from, you know, from that holster, that concealed carry position within two or three seconds so you can stop that threat. And then what if they get the draw on you? Something happens, someone else is shot. You need to learn how to stop the bleed because I've been in several incidents where I've seen people shot and just drop and killed right in front of me. And I don't want you to experience anything like that before that I experienced. So I want you to have those tools that you need to stop the bleed because I'm telling you now, you know, you want to you wanna start first aid immediately because that, can, that makes a difference. And prolonging that person, getting that person to the hospital where the doctors and the nurses can do what they need to do to save that person's life so they can actually live past that point. So you need that initial response is very important. So let me bring it to the conversation, bring it to the show. Katie, Katie with Stop the Bleed, welcome to Come and Talking. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Yes, Katie. So tell us, what in the world is Stop the Bleed? <laughs> so Stop the Bleed was a DHS, uh, Department of Homeland Security, kind of a grassroots initiative to get people more of a call of action started in 2015 to get people to do that first response thing. Because our people at the point of injury are going to be the people who save lives. Those are the immediate responders. Everybody talks about, you know, first responders, first responders are heroes, things like that. But in that situation, like the one you just described, where you see people drop immediately and they die, first responder is not going to save them. It's going to be that immediate responder, so that person that's there at the point of injury. So ACS met and they got all this stuff together and said, hey, you know, we need to empower these people, educate people, just the general public on how to save a life. So how to how we're going to talk about identifying life-threatening bleeding or an emergency and then how to fix that problem. All right, and we're going to have this class on July the 17th at 1130 a.m. at Central Texas Gunworks, and it's a free class. It's free. Come on, just show up at 1130 a.m. Just be there in the classroom so we can teach you how, you know, what if you're, what if you're in a situation where it's your kids, you know, your, you know, your nephew, your, your niece, um, uh, a grandson, a granddaughter, and something happens and you need to save their life. Uh, what if, what about bringing the kids with you? You know, what if the kids may have to say, you know, here we are, the 4th of July, man, it was sad because kids watched their parents mow down and they didn't know how to respond. The worst thing in the world is not knowing how to save your mother, your father. You're going to have to live with that. You need to be able to have those tools that you need to initiate that, you know, that first eight, those first eight steps to save your loved one, your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather. All this stuff is very important. So this is a free class that we're providing to you. So please come to Central Texas Gunworks, 1130 a.m. 1130 on July 17th so you can learn how to stop 
the bleed. So Katie, you know, what do you, exactly do you guys do? You know, what, what tools do you need? Do we use dummies? Do we use real people? What do we do? <laughs> so we're going to use uh, for tourniquets when we do talk about how to find those pressure points and how to actually put that tourniquet on, make sure it's tight enough. We're going to use real people. And that way, everybody's able to put it on themselves. Uh, my so you mean you tell me that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna provide my body as a specimen, and people will be able to, you know, I, I think I'll stab myself, <laughs> and then allow <laughs> allow my customers to come over and save my life. Yes, absolutely. I mean that that adds to the realism. So, but so for tourniquets, I like them to put them on themselves so they can see that they're not comfortable. It it hurts. It pinches and. We're going to walk through how to not hurt each other necessarily in the class because there are some some issues with that. Right. But then we'll also use, I'll bring our wound packers. So I have some new uh, wound packing material from Rescue Essentials and True Clot. So we'll actually play with blood and get to play, make some clots. So we get to see what we're looking for in that wound packing skill. So we're going to be putting fingers in holes, playing with blood, and it's going to be good stuff. Nice. All right. How do you guys get your funding? How does that work? So everybody does their program a little bit different. So the ACS program, the the original ACS Stop the Bleed, originally asked that you not charge for the classes because they provide the um, the handouts and the slide set. They provided all of that free of charge to instructors. Now they've kind of taken. They've realized some instructors have to pay for supplies. So because we're going to be using gauze, we throw it away, stuff like that. To be able to purchase the products, it takes money. So for my classes, I offer them free of charge because I have my equipment. I'm able to take it with me and offer this class wherever. So if I do have to charge, it's usually donation only, and that goes towards buying gauze. Mm. So stuff like that. But otherwise, typically it's instructors finding it on their own. So through my LLC, I do uh, AHA classes, American Heart, where I charge for those classes because it's standard, and then I can use that money from that to buy new Stop the Bleed supplies. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I think what we're going to do is, now not that I'm hearing you and I'm listening to this, because uh, this is the first time we've actually met, mm -hmm. and I, I think I'm going to reach out to Texas and U.S. Law Shield to see about you know getting them to also... Um, you know, promote this event as well. So I think that'd be good to get some law shield, uh, Texas and U.S. law shield uh, clients, customers, uh, members, you know, to actually come out to this event too. That would be awesome. And yeah. it, you mentioned earlier kids, and this is kid-friendly class. So nice. my, my daughter's been putting tourniquets on since she was three or four. And while it wasn't tight enough then, it, she's that's what we work on. She knows She knows where the kits are. She was actually able to tell me about having a kit in their classroom mm. because she's seen it in their classroom. Because I mean, kids. I mean, what if what if they're in in school and and there's a shooting, something happens. You want your kids to be able to have those, you know, first aid, first mm -hmm. responder skills to oh, be yeah. able to to do that because law enforcement is going to be a while. They are, and it's so their their first job, like you said, it's their first objective is to stop the killing. So they're always going to stop the killing first. Second step of that is stop the dying. All right. And because and, you take, and we've been talking about Uvalde Elementary mm -hmm. School this entire time. And, you know, the kids that are in the school, they were there when their classmates were bleeding out. 
Uh, so you may be in that situation where you have to stop the bleed. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Japanese prime minister that was assassinated. We're going to talk about the 4th of July shooter. Uh, we're going to talk about Caitlin Armstrong. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about, let me tell you, we got to talk about the, the Japanese prime minister, um, yeah, was assassinated while giving a speech live on TV with a ghost gun. Man, talk about lack of security. Talk about his, man, his security team definitely failed him. 100%. And this was not a small gun. This was a large firearm. How in the world do you walk in with a bulky large firearm into a secured area uh, where you're able to shoot and assassinate and kill uh, a, a prime minister of another country? That is just insane to me. Uh, before we go to that, I want to talk about uh, the July 4th shooter. So hours after a gunfire erupted in Highland Park, Illinois, on July 4th, during a parade, uh, killing seven people, wounding dozens more, police apprehended the man they believe was responsible. Robert Bobby Cremo III, 21, faces seven charges of first-degree murder in connection with the shooting, which authorities said he allegedly carried out by climbing onto the rooftop of a nearby business and opening fire minutes after the parade started sending, you know, parade goers and participants running for safety. A judge on Wednesday ordered him held without bond in a virtual hearing where a Lake County assistant state's attorney alleged Cremo confessed to firing on the crowd in a voluntary statement to law enforcement. A preliminary hearing was scheduled for July 28th. Investigators believe the suspect planned the attack for weeks. And Chris Covelli, spokesperson for the Lake County Major Crimes Task Force, said at one of the several news conferences Tuesday, the suspect dressed in a woman's clothing to help conceal his identity. Now, Covelli also said that blended in, he blended in with the crowds as they fled the area, and law enforcement has yet to establish a motive. And Covelli declined to address a potential motive again on Wednesday, saying only that Cremo, the suspect, has had some type of affinity towards the number four and seven in adverse was July the 4th, the date of July the 4th. Okay, psycho. 
Cavalli previously said there has been no information to suggest the attack was racially motivated, motivated by religion or any other pr protected status. There is no indication anyone was else was involved in this. This is just a nutcase. His family knew he was crazy. Law enforcement knew he was crazy. And no one did anything to stop this cray-cray. The suspect was taken into custody soon after police uh, publicly identified him Monday as a person of interest whom the FBI said was being sought for his alleged involvement in the shooting of multiple individuals. The suspect took his mother's vehicle and a member of the community saw him. Gavoli said the individual called 911 and then North Chicago police conducted a traffic stop and took him into custody. Cremo also said, uh, uh, Cremo faces a sentence of life in prison without parole if convicted. And the assistant state attorney, Ben Dillon, said in Wednesday's hearing, uh, but the suspect faces many more charges in addition to the seven first degree murder charges. Now, Eric Reinhardt, the state attorneys for Lake County, said in a news conference suggesting other potential charges, including attempted murder and aggravated battery with a firearm. Now, if the facts gather end up supporting a federal prosecution, then we will walk with the U.S. Attorney's Office to pursue prosecution on the federal side as well, according to federal charges, you know, according to the FBI Director Christopher Wray. Uh, the FBI Director Christopher Wray says that an event... In London, you know, he made those statements there. He also said the director also noticed the Bureau is helping local and state authorities with the crime scene and evidence collection. Now, this guy, I'm telling you, this guy had issues long before this incident. So this this 21-year-old who got a firearm, he was 21, right? Producer, 21? I think... All right, good. Yeah, he, yeah, he was 21. This 21-year-old 20, gets a firearm. And prior to this, there was an incident where the police had to be called to his house where all his weapons, knives, were confiscated from him. And no one at that point decided that, you know what, we need to, if we need to remove weapons from this idiot, this crazy person, then we might want to put this crazy person, this idiot, in the system and file some charges against him. They didn't think about that. And so Oops. let's get past that. So let's move forward. All right, so then this idiot, this crazy person, this cray-cray, threatens the entire family. He threatens to kill everyone in his family. No one thought, hmm, he want, little Johnny wants to kill all of us in our sleep. We may want to get this idiot, this crazy person arrested and get him in the system. No, no one did anything. Let's get past that point. Then his father, the sperm donor, decides that, hey, I'm going to sign for him to get a Ford card because this is the state of Illinois. And in Illinois, if you're a minor, your parents have to sign for you to get a firearms card in order to purchase a firearm or ammunition. So his father signs for him. After he threatens the entire family, you know, remember what I said, to kill them? So he signs for this. Let's get past that point. Then Cray Cray decides to go to the 4th of July parade, turns 21, 
you know, the state of Illinois, you know, the most a restrictive state when it comes to guns, you know, Chicago, you know, where they have all those shootings. And a lot of people die every holiday weekend, you know, that weekend, like Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, all New Year's, all those holidays, you know, a lot of people die when they have records, record amount of people dying, children, kids being shot with guns. That state, Illinois, they decide to renew Cray Cray, crazy person, the idiot, renew his Ford card. So then he goes and buys a gun. And guess what? He commits a shooting at doing a 4th of July parade. What a concept. And now you're telling me your people are crying out. They want to come after my guns. Illinois, they have red flag laws, the most restrictive laws that we have here in the country. They have the tools. They're like, hey, we have everything in place here in Illinois, in Chicago. We want to make sure that, you know, guns do not wind up in the hands of, of illegals or crazy people. So we have very strict gun laws. We want all the other states to have the same type of gun laws. So, in, you know, guess what? Cray Cray gets a gun anyway in Illinois and commits this crime. And your, your, your response is, we want to come after everyone else's guns. You're not, there are laws on the books that you have right now in Illinois. You're not enforcing those laws. You're not doing anything to enforce that. The parents should be held responsible. The father should be held liable, civilly, and criminally because he did nothing. The state of Illinois should be, how, should be held liable, criminally, and civilly because they did nothing. And they are directly responsible for these people being shot and killed during the 4th of July on Independence Day. You did nothing. You did not do your job. And now you want to come after me. I live in my home. My guns have never killed anyone. I've had my guns. I'm 53 years old. I've had, I've had a handgun license since I was 21. And none of my guns have ever killed anyone by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they never walked off the shelf, never fallen, never stood up and say, you know what? We're going to shoot someone today. Never happened. But instead, you want to come after my firearms because you in Illinois, the state of Illinois, Chicago, you know, one of the restrictive states in the United States, you can't, you're, you're in law enforcement, your parents, the parents of these people who should be held responsible are not doing their job. I know everyone in my family who's crazy who shouldn't have a gun. And let me tell you, I make sure that crazy people in my family don't get a gun. I own a gun store. You know, I can sell a lot of guns. But what I do is I make sure that the cray craze, the crazy people in my family don't get guns. I suggest you do the same thing. <laughs> what a concept. I don't want my family members winding up with a gun and saying, well, Michael Cargill, who owns Central Texas Gunworks, his cousin got access to a firearm and killed 10 people. You're never going to hear that. You know why? Because I'm going to make sure the cray crazy in my families don't get guns. I suggest you do the same thing in Illinois, do the same thing in California, do the same thing in New York, do the same thing everywhere else in this country. It needs to stop. We have laws on the books right now. How about you do your job and make sure these crazy people, you know, you're, you're the mother, the mother, the father. You raise these monsters. You should be held responsible for these monsters. Don't want them? Give them up. Do something. Take them out. Do us all a favor. Abort them.
We come back from the break. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about more. I want to talk about the the Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister of Japan. He has been assassinated with a ghost gun. I want to talk about Caitlin Armstrong. She's been held in Austin jail. That's right. Caitlin tried to run. You can run. You can run. But you can't hide, Caitlin. We got you. Welcome to Austin. Welcome back to Austin. I hope you're enjoying this heat, Caitlin. It's hot. It's 110 degrees out there. We're going to burn you up. We're going to fry you. That's right, Caitlin. You're going to get the chair, girl. It's going to get you. That's right. We execute here in Texas. We're going to take you out. That's right. You can't, can't kill your loved one. Can't Just let him go. Let him go. It's not that serious. He doesn't love you. It's okay. Let him go, girl. Let him go. We come back from the break. Going to talk about that and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're back. We're, t- we're talking about, I can't tell you what we're talking about. But we're talking about some stuff here in the, in the studio. And I, I just saw a cartoon of myself and it kind of threw me for a loop there. God's gonna get you for that. I know, I know, I know. We're talking about Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister of Japan has been assassinated. And we're also talking about Caitlin Armstrong, been held in Austin jail for killing her side piece. Uh, uh, well, her boyfriend's side piece. Before we talk about that, let's talk about that algorithm uh, that predicts that crime in a week in advance, but reveals that bias and in, in police response. So <clears throat> advances in the machine learning and artificial intelligence have sparked interest from governments that would like to use these tools for predictive policing to, der- to deter crime. Early efforts at a crime prediction have been controversial, however, because they do not account for systemic biases in police enforcement and its complex relationship with crime and society. Data and social scientists from the University of Chicago have developed a new algorithm that forecasts crime by learning patterns in time and geographic locations from public data on violent and property crimes. The model can predict future crimes one week in advance with about 90% accuracy. 90%. In a separate model, the research team also studied the police response to crime by analyzing the number of arrests following incidents and comparing those rates among neighborhoods with different social economic status. They saw that crime in wealthier areas resulted in more arrests while Arrests in disadvantaged neighborhoods dropped. Crime in poor neighborhoods didn't lead to more arrests, however, suggested bias in police response and enforcement. Hmm. What we're seeing is that when you stress the system, it requires more resources to arrest more people in response to a crime in a wealthy area and draws police resources away from lower social economic status areas. That's according to a PhD assistant professor of medicine in Chicago uh, and senior author of the new study, which was published the week in Nature Human Behavior. 
The tool was tested and validated using historical data from the city of Chicago around two broad categories of reported events, violent crimes, homicides, assaults, and batteries, and property crimes, burglaries, thefts, motor vehicles, and you know, motor vehicle thefts. These data, this data were used because <clears throat> they were most likely to be reported to police in public areas where there is historical distrust and lack of cooperation with law enforcement. And such crimes are also less prone to enforcement bias, as is the, the case with drug crimes, traffic stops, and other misdemeanor infractions. Now, previous efforts a, at crime prediction often use an epidemic or systemic uh, you know, approach where crime is depicted as emerging in hotspots that spread to surrounding areas. And these tools miss out on the complex social environment of cities. However, and don't consider the relationship between crime and the effects of police enforcement. So, hmm, you know, this study, you know, it, it, it was supported by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency and the Newbury Collegium uh, for Culture and Society. And also, they demonstrated the importance of discovering city-specific patterns for the prediction of uh, reported crime. So, hmm, I, you know what? I'm just going to have to, you know, keep my eye out on this and see how this pans out a little bit. Because uh, this is very, very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting study. But you know what? We have inside the studio. We have inside the studio. Uh, Kate here, who's talking to us about Stop the Bleed. And Katie... You know, tell us about Stop the Bleed. What is it? What am I going to learn in this class? You know, what am I going to be able to do? What What's the goal? So I cannot wait to host. So we all are hosting this class next weekend, next Sunday, July 17th. So we are going to talk about how to identify a life-threatening emergency, whether that be bleeding or be like an airway issue. So identify medical emergency. And then we're going to talk about how to fix it. So do I need some direct pressure? Can I put a tourniquet on? Are we going to do wound packing? And we're not just going to do lecture and theory. You're actually going to get hands-on practice. We're going to try out all these different tourniquets and different wound packing techniques. So we're going to get all the hands-on. And this is all ages are welcome for the class. And it's going to be fun stuff. Mm, mm, nice. So, uh, you know, so I'll be if I'm in a situation where, you know, I'm in the grocery store shopping, a shooter comes in and we're, you know, the shooter runs to the back of the grocery store, tries to get out because now law enforcement is coming in. I can actually start administering first aid to the shoppers that were in the store, like my family members or friends or people that I don't know. I can administer first aid to them. Correct, because the average person, average time to bleed out is three to five minutes. Average time of first responders to get there, so your ambulance is seven minutes. And obviously that depends location. If you're way out in the county, you got a lot longer wait. But you're an immediate responder. You're the person there at time of injury, just being out in public every day, because people do dumb things. It's it's not always shooting stabbings, but people are people do dumb things and get hurt. So I want you to have the skills and capability to help save a life. Now, what if, you know, okay, what if I'm in a situation like this and I don't have a first aid kit? 
I don't have those first aid, you know, those, those tools that I need. Yeah. We're going to talk about how to improvise and cause a lot of our things I could do with a tourniquet, I can do with some direct pressure to start. So we're going to go all the way back down to the basics of care and talk about what can we do? Cause any, at least we're attempting to save a life versus just standing around with our phones recording. Mm. Yeah. Cause I'm in the grocery store and I, I all I have my cell phone in my wallet and some cash. Yep. I'm there, there, there to pick up, you know, a, a you know, a dozen eggs and some bread and some milk and some orange juice and some some wine for my my <laughs> mimosas. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, I'm not prepared, you know, to perform first aid. Mm -hmm. So you're going to help grabbing or looking for whatever things that we need to look for Correct. to stop that bleeding. Yep, because we can do our wound packing and things like that. So we can do direct pressure to stop most bleeding. But on the other side of that, if we were to having to do our wound packing, which we're going to talk about how we go in and we dig in a wound to find the artery and mm. try to stop it. But I could also use a T-shirt for that. I just need a material. We'll talk about some specialty gauzes and hemostatics that help do clotting. But this is also a skill that can be done with what we have available to us. Wow. Yeah, I remember when I was like 12 years old and I was at a park in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and we're participating in the, um, it was like a summer park event. I, I forget the name of the event, but it was in the summertime. And something happened and everyone there was a shooting or something and everyone ran and i actually fell down on a coke can on right on my knee and it cut my knee wide open and so my family members had to do just that they had to stop the bleeding control the bleeding you know and get me to the emergency room mm -hmm. and that was really important you know if they hadn't done those immediate first aid steps i wouldn't be here talking to you today Right. And so we'll talk about how to differentiate that between our like arterial bleed. So if we have actually that spurting blood, but because those are things that are important too, because our face is very vascular. So if you have somebody who gets a cut on their forehead, they're going to be covered in blood. That looks bad. But so I want to talk about how we're going to identify arterial versus our venous bleeding. And then what our care path is for each of those things. How long is this class? So class, usually we do try to do about a 45 minute to an hour lecture and no, I'm not going to do PowerPoint. I'm going to free talk, free teach so that you're not getting death by PowerPoint and you get to ask questions through the whole thing. And then we'll do skills until everybody feels good. And it's usually about two hours and I will always take as much time as I can get. Mm. So the more hands on stuff, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not like being at the gun range or somewhere else, you know, have you, are you an instructor? And you're possibly at the range and there's a, you know, accidental, negligent, you know, shooting. You need to know how, as an instructor, how to control that situation. One, we need to have someone call 911, get paramedics road in that direction, meet the paramedics so they know how to find, you know, where we're located. And then we need to start working on first aid. Yeah, you know, we absolutely. Gotta, we don't we don't want to all just stand around him and, you know, stare at him till he bleeds out. Like, what do we do? <laughs> so we're going to we're going to work through all of those problems. Nice, man. I, I love this. Uh, and and this is how we build a, a nice network of family. And, and we got to learn how to control, you know, how to protect each other. And I, I think this is that very first step. You know, we're going to we're going into a different phase. I think I'm going into a different phase of my life where I want to you know, push a little further into training 
um, in-depth training and, you know, learning and, and learning how to help each other. Because, you know, what if all this fails? You know, everything shuts down again. You know, you got to learn how to take care of yourself because uh, what we saw in 2020 when the country shut down, you know, resources are not there. And mm -hmm. you, you may have to take care of your family. So, all right. So we come back from the break. I want to talk about this Japanese prime minister, Shinzo Abe. He was assassinated on Friday. And I want to talk about what we know. We're going to get into the as many details, you know, as we know. We're going to talk about the firearm that was used. And, man, they took the video down. You know, I think the video is important. So you need to learn for those type of things. Um, you need to look for, you know, security people need to look for threats and know how to stop those threats. Got to be aware of your surroundings in all times. Because as a security officer, I'm a level two, level three, level four security officer. And this video is very important because this was a direct lack of security. His security failed him on this day. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about current events all around the country. We're talking about current events around the world, as a matter of fact. And let us go to... Let's see. Oh, man. What do I want to talk about first? I want to talk about the former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated on Friday. And here's what you need to know. So a shocking act of violence in a country with one of the world's lowest rates of gun crime. The shooting suspect was arrested by police who said he admitted to shooting Abe. And here's what you need to know about this. OK, so the shooting. Uh, Abe was shot at about 11.30 a.m. local time in Nara, east of Osaka, as he gave an election campaign speech on the street. He suffered a gunshot wound to the right side of his neck, according to officials in Tokyo. He was taken to the hospital first by ambulance, then by medical helicopter. And Abe arrived at the hospital in a state cardiac arrest at 12.20 p.m. local time, according to doctors at Nara Medical University. Abe was pronounced dead at 5.03 p.m. local time, according to the head of the Nara Medical University. At a news conference at the hospital, doctors said the former leader died from excessive bleeding and the bullet that killed him had penetrated deep enough to reach his heart. Uh, police arrested shooting suspect Tetsua Yamagama, 41, who admitted to shooting Abe, according to police. Uh, he said, uh, Yobagama said he holds hatred toward a certain group, which is thought Abe was linked to. And he said that, you know, a homemade gun in, in the shooting and authorities confiscated several handmade uh, pistol-like items from this guy's apartment. Now, shootings are extremely rare in Japan because of strict gun ownership laws. So in 2018, Japan, a country of 125 million people, only reported nine deaths from firearms compared to 39,740 that year in the United States. Uh, and by the way, the United States is founded on firearms. That's why no one, no country will ever overtake and defeat the United States. Japan has been defeated, just so you know. 
The only guns permitted for sale are shotguns and air rifles. Handguns are outlawed, but getting them is a long and complicated process that requires strenuous effort and lots of patience. And the laws and the you know the thorough process of background checks have kept the number of private gun owners in Japan extremely low. Now, in 2019, the rate of deaths from gun violence in Japan was around one per five million people, and the country had also had the lowest number of guns per capita among the developed countries. Um, that's because you know, you know, we 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 conquered Japan because they can control themselves. And so we had to shut them down. And the United States was founded on firearms. And like I said before, no one, Russia, no one, Japan, no one would ever consider ever in the modern times of trying to, you know, invade the homeland of the United States of America ever because we all have firearms and we will fight back. And that's just the way it is. And that's just how it is. Let's go to, man, let's talk about Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi, Texas. A teenager was shot by Corpus Christi police officer. Uh, two others, uh, carjacking suspect identified. So check this out. Three teenagers arrested, you know, after a shooting involving a Corpus Christi police officer on July the 4th have been identified. Corpus Christi police said Jesus Ramos, Nathaniel Martinez, and Dominique v Falvelo, uh, all 17 were booked into the Nueces County Jail on charges of unauthorized use of a motor vehicle, unlawful possession of a firearm, evading arrest with a vehicle, and evading arrest. Um, all three could face additional charges of aggravated robbery, and the news, you know, uh, release some detailed information about what happened that particular day. So right around like 12.16 a.m. on July the 4th, an officer was responding to a call when she recognized a vehicle stolen in an aggravated carjacking that occurred several hours earlier. The officer initiated a traffic stop, and the driver attempted to flee with the vehicle. The driver lost control and wrecked in the area of Interstate Highway 37 southbound at Corn Products Road, according to the police. All three occupants of the vehicle then attempted to flee on foot. The driver allegedly produced what the officer believed to be a weapon, and the officer shot the suspect. It's still unclear if the suspect produced a weapon at the time of the incident. A spokesperson for the department told the caller times that the incident is still under investigation. Now, police said in an initial re release that they recovered two handguns from the scene. And... Ramos was taken to a nearby hospital with non-lightning threatening injuries. He was booked into the New Aces County Jail two days later. And Martinez and Favello were taken into custody without incident. All three remained at the jail Wednesday afternoon. All right, so, man, don't carjack someone. Come on, Corpus Christi. You can do a little better than that. We can do a lot better than that. Come on. It's all, it always goes back to parenting. Remember that thing we talked about? Parenting, what a concept. All right, let's talk about this Caitlin. Caitlin Armstrong, who's in the Austin jail. What up, Caitlin? Austin jail. I hope you guys are listening to Talk 1370 in the Travis County jail. What up, Caitlin? Didn't go well, did it? You tried to run. She tried to leave the country. 
She tried to hide. You know, they have this little network. The bicyclists have this network where you can sleep on someone's sofa, someone's couch, little, you know, and, you know, and if you're cycling in an area, whatever, you're passing by. And she tried all kinds of things. She tried to run from police. I hope they're going to prosecute everyone that was hiding Caitlin because some people were helping Caitlin out. We know you, you know, they were because they have a little network. Uh, Caitlin Armstrong, 34, arrived in Austin on Tuesday after transferring from a Houston jail. She was transferred from the Harris County Jail and booked into the Travis County Jail. Armstrong faces a murder charge in the death of pro cyclist Mariah Wilson, according to the Harris County booking website. There is currently no bond listed in jail records, but a 3.5 million bond was previously reported. And jail records showed she is held on an unnamed first-degree felony charge and a Class B misdemeanor charge for theft of service equal to a greater than $100 and less than $750. Investigators found that Armstrong, 34, used a phony passport on May 18th to board a United Airlines flight from Newark, New Jersey to San Jose, Costa Rica, according to the U.S. Marshals. Uh, man, man, Caitlin was smart. She got her a fake eye, a fake passport. You run, Caitlin, run, Caitlin, run, girl. Well, they caught you anyway. Deputy U.S. Marshal Brandon Filler told the KXN Armstrong was found that with an altered appearance. Armstrong had shoulder-length hair that had been dyed dark brown, along with a uh, bandaging on her nose and bruising under her eyes from a reported surf- surfboarding incident. That physical appearance changed slightly, Filler said, would it? Would it have changed more as if she started to create that, you know, type of foundation for herself there in Costa Rica, possibly? So, man. Yeah, she tried. But she's caught. Yeah, she went from a redhead to a brunette. Good try, Caitlin. Nice try. Now, if you drop the soap, remember, Caitlin, don't pick it up. Just letting you know. All right, let's go to New Jersey. Over in New Jersey, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, you know, that Democrat signed into law seven new bills uh, dubbed the gun safety package. He calls it 3.0. That strengthening New Jersey's already stringent, stringent gun laws. During a uh, signing event attended by state leaders in uh, over in Metchen, New Jersey, the new laws instituted several changes, including... One, requiring out-of-state firearm owners who become New Jersey residents to obtain a firearm purchase identification card, kind of like a Ford card, and register all their handguns purchased out-of-state. Communism. Number two, mandating that prospective gun buyers take a certified firearm safety course under certain circumstances. Number three. Regulating a developing electronic reporting system for handgun ammunition sales. Man, they are, it's called registered ammunition. <laughs> Number four, banning 50 caliber rifles. Has anyone ever used a 50 cal to, to commit a crime? I don't think there's a 50 cal, I don't think there's a, I don't think a crime has been recorded by someone using a 50 cal. Number five. Allowing the Attorney General to pursue actions against gun manufacturers for alleged public nuisance violations. Number six, increasing criminal penalties for the manufacturing of ghost guns. Number seven, ordering gun shops to sell micro stamping enabled firearms 
once the attorney general determines the technology is commercially available. What does that mean? You know what? We have two lawsuits that are going forth right now. I have I actually have a lawsuit. It's Central Texas Gun Works. Michael Cargill was suing the state of New York because the state of New York says that if I sell a gun here in Texas and that gun is stolen from someone here in Texas, winds up in New York somehow, that New York can sue Central Texas Gun Works and sue me. So I'm suing the state of New York along with most of your major manufacturers in this country and distributors. Also, we have the lawsuit Michael Cargill versus the Department of Justice and also the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, where we're suing them over bump stocks. It's not about bump stocks. It's about the federal government, the ATF, telling you something that you legally own is now illegal. We're on our way to the Supreme Court. We're going to the Fifth Circuit, then the Supreme Court. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about the event that we're going to have next Sunday. That's right. We're having an event next Sunday. It's called Stop the Bleed. I want you to be able to protect your loved ones. If you're out shopping, you're going about your day, you're at the beach, you know, you're enjoying yourself this weekend, and all of a sudden there's a shooting incident, police are going to try to go after the shooter and stop the shooter. It's going to be up to you to stop the bleeding with whatever you have around you to save your loved ones. And so we have Katie in the studio today. She's going to, she's telling us about Stop the Bleeding, what that is. It's going to be next Sunday, 1130 a.m. at Central Texas Gunworks. And Katie's telling us what exactly you're going to learn. Katie, come yes. on. So at our class next week, it's going to be about two hours long or so because we want to make sure that we get plenty of time for the hands-on skills so I'm going to tell you a little bit about how we identify our life threats. So if we have that shooting event, you have, there's been several shark attacks recently at beaches, uh, mostly in New York, the East Coast. But if we're going to have that kind of event, I want you to be able to take care of your loved ones. So shooting, stabbings, things like that. And you're going to be the immediate responder. You're going to be the one who's having to identify, yes, I need to do some kind of care or this person's going to die. And I want you to have the tools and knowledge to be able to act in that time. So we're going to talk about identifying life threats and then how to treat them. So whether I need direct pressure, we can, we're going to put on tourniquets. We're going to do wound packing. We'll talk about how to even position people so that they can breathe easier. So, cause it doesn't just end with, I've got a tourniquet and now we're done. We got it. We've got that person with us throughout the course of the event. So I want us to take care of them long-term. And so, and Caitlin, uh, tell us about um, your, the website. Like, where can we find the information about this? So for... Katie, I'm sorry. You're, we were just talking about Caitlin Armstrong. <laughs> Katie, Katie, I'm, Katie. I'm, I'm, I'm not that kind of crazy. I got, I, got no. my, I got my own crazy. You're not crazy at all. You're not crazy <laughs> so, at all. So we're, my, my personal website is come and take it, cpr.com. But for the Stop the Bleed class, so if you want to get more information on that or see more information about when our class will be, it is stopthebleed.org. And there's also a Texas Coalition site and a Stop the Bleed project. 
but I typically list my courses when they're open to the public, which this class will be, and it's going to be on the website as well, but it'll be on stopthebleed.org. All right, so that and we're going to have that on Sunday, folks. Sunday. That's right. Sunday at 11:30 a.m. at Central Texas Gunworks, and this is free. There's no cost or anything like that. Just show up, bring yourself and learn, educate yourself so you know how to protect your families and your loved ones. Um, you know, it doesn't have necessarily have to be a shooting. It could be any any incident where you have a loved one, something happens and they're bleeding and it takes it's going to take it may take paramedics a little time to get there. It is you are very key to them surviving that incident. You are very key to that. That first response is very important. So you're going to want to learn these things so that way you know how to save your loved ones. You don't want to be in that situation where you're standing there and, you know, the 911 dispatcher is trying to talk you through something you've never experienced before. You don't want to be in that situation. You want to be in a situation where the 911 dispatcher is refreshing your memory. I like to be in that situation, you know, not teaching me on the phone. I, I refer, oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay, okay, yes, you know, I'd rather be in that type of situation, okay? So definitely come to this class. It's a free class. That way you can learn how to stop the bleed. You know, this is something that we're offering the community so that we, we can protect each other and help each other. I cannot stress that enough. So Sunday at 1130 a.m., July 17th at Central Texas Gunworks. That is 321 West Ben White Boulevard on Suite 203, Austin, Texas. That is 321 West Ben White Boulevard, Suite 203, Austin, Texas at Central Texas Gunworks at 1130 a.m. on July 17th in the classroom. You know, you can check some guns out, you know, buy some guns, and then learn how to stop the bleed. Get everything knocked out all in one. Man, Ohio. You know the news stories. They're so like Reuters. This is all. This is Reuters. This is how they write this. Reuters says this is their 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 headline. Ohio police officer shot fleeing black man dozens of times. Lawyer says, "What in the world does that mean?" So their 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 first paragraph says, "Police killed Jalen Walker, a black man in Ohio, by shooting him dozens of times." All right. So first of all, okay, let me tell you something. Um, you you have interaction with law enforcement. First of all, you need to realize that when police tell you to stop, stop. Okay, you need to learn how to comply. <laughs> uh, if an officer is saying, "Hey, stop! Put your hands up! Stop! How about put your hands up? Let's start complying." Now, there's a such thing as called excessive force. You know, and my goodness, they did shoot this guy sixty times, sixty bullets. That is excessive. You know, but you need to learn how to comply. So let me tell you, I'm not going to get into the story too much. This is because everyone's been talking about Jalen Walker in Ohio and this shooting that took place. I don't know all the details of it. You know, I haven't seen the video or anything like that. So I'm going to tell you this. This is what I'm going to say about that. When I get stopped by police, I put my hands 10 and 2 on the steering wheel. Officer walks up to my vehicle. Um, I have my driver's license and my hanging license ready to go. I don't make any fast movements or anything like that. I turn on my inside light. I roll my window down. I... Then wait for the officer to approach the vehicle. The officer approaches that vehicle. The officer may ask me for identification. I hand the officer my driver's license with my handgun license on top. I put my hands back on that steering wheel in plain sight. I don't make any fast movements. Officer may ask me, any weapons inside the vehicle? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, I do. I have two, two guns on my left. I'm sitting on top of two. I got three guns on my right. I got five underneath the seat. 
I got 10 in the back seat. I got 12 in the trunk. You either bar one, you coming up short. This is Texas. Everyone's got guns. That's where I like to be forthcoming with that information. So I'm going to comply with that officer's um, commands. If the officer wants to remove me from the vehicle, then I'm going to step out of the vehicle, follow the officer's instructions. I'm not going to make any fast movements or anything like that and follow that officer's instructions. Um, the officer wants to remove any weapons or guns from me. I'm going to allow that officer to remove them. I'm not going to argue with this officer. I'm not going to debate the issue of the traffic stop, whether I think it's a valid stop or not. That's not the that's not where that's done. That's done with your attorney in court. You don't argue with an officer on the side of the road. So the officer, you know, stop you for speeding, whatever it is. I'm not going to argue about that. If I think this officer is wrong, I'm going to get my attorney to to debate this issue in court. I'm not going to argue with this police officer on the side of the road. And still, still to this date, I don't have any tickets that stuck with me. You know why? Because I let my attorneys handle those tickets. I don't argue tickets on the side of the road with a police officer. I let the officer, and I've gotten plenty of speeding tickets. I've gotten plenty of other tickets. I let my attorneys handle those tickets. I don't argue with the police officer on the side of the road. You know, so I've never, you know, I don't talk my way out of tickets. You know, I get them. <laughs> let me tell you. And so I let my attorney handle, you know, those issues. That's how that's done. You know, I'm not going to argue with a police officer, debate the issue, you know, go back and forth at officer because all it's going to do is get you. It's going to escalate that situation and possibly escalate to the point where you get shot. You never run from a police officer. Listen here. You don't run from a police officer. They say, stop, you stop. You know, don't put yourself in a situation where they think you have a weapon. They think you're pointing something at them and then they're going to be justified in blowing you away. Don't do that. Don't put yourself in those bad situations. Why would you? How can people sit here and justify and tell people why did they shoot him? He was running away. And to make that think that that's OK to run from a police officer. That makes no sense. If that officer is if that officer thinks that you're pointing something at him like a weapon, they're going to be justified in shooting you. Don't put yourself in those situations. Apply, comply, follow the officer's instructions, get through that traffic stop, and then get your attorney to debate whatever issue you think you know this officer has done wrong. That's how you handle traffic stops. Okay, and that's that's all I'm going to talk about that situation. Not even get into the situation, into the the validity of it or anything like that. You know, because I don't know the details yet. I need to see a little more. And honestly, I've been on vacation. I haven't looked at any videos, anything like that. But it's no different than anything else. Wake up and smell the coffee, people. Stop arguing with police officers. Stop running from police officers and don't have a gun in your hand. I don't I'm not going to have a gun in hand, my hand when I'm interacting with law enforcement. That makes no sense whatsoever. And officers always going to focus on the gun. What a concept. They don't know who you are. They just came in. They just came in contact with you for the very first time. You have a gun in your hand and you're you're running. You're doing whatever you're doing. Throwing your arms around, the officer's not going to know what your intentions are. So don't put yourself in those stupid situations. Follow their instructions. Put the gun down. Don't run. My God, don't run. What a concept. And you won't get shot. Ugh. And I'm not trying to justify shooting 60 times because that, my goodness, is excessive. Doesn't take 60 bullets to stop a person. So that's definitely excessive. So that's something that has to be addressed. But I'm definitely, you know, I'm not going to put myself in that situation in the first place. That's why I got cameras. I get three cameras in my vehicle. I don't trust anybody. <laughs> I said, don't trust police either. That's right. I think I'm a realist. I'm letting you know. Now, let's go to this funeral home real quick. 
A funeral home decides to sell body parts uh, at, at a funeral home. You know, selling organs, you know, of the loved ones. Let me tell you, man, you, you, whew, I need to follow the process of my loved ones from start to finish of the entire process of all this stuff. Not going to be in that situation either. Ladies and folks, as always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.